Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we'll react to that dreadful performance by the Atlanta Hawks last night. The least surprising move we've seen this year from the Falcons and some thoughts about the Falcons' offensive line. It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. We ask you to head to youtube.com, head over there, and put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Check us out on all your favorite platforms. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, if you can believe it, we are available there as well. Check us out. And of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, we said yesterday that we would react to this game last night and the Hawks go up to Madison Square Garden and get run off the court. 113-89. This was an ugly, ugly game to watch. Now, obviously, look, you're already playing without DeAndre Hunter and John Collins. So you're already behind the eight ball. Then DeJounte Murray plays four minutes and he goes out with an ankle. I'm going to tell you, I don't think he's going to play tomorrow night. They're they're in Brooklyn he still had swelling, right? I don't think he's going to play. I don't think he's going to play in Brooklyn tomorrow night, which means you're probably going to be out again three starters. But what killed the Hawks last night is they were six for 36 from the three-point line. And can I tell you, that's actually good because at one point they were three for 24 in the game. That at at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, they were shooting 11.5% from three. Now, let, let, let me ask you a dumb question, okay? I, I'm not a very bright guy. My mind is starting to slip. I don't keep up with things as well anymore, stuff like that, okay? If you are 0 for 10 from three, but three for six from the field, so anything that's not a three-pointer, you're three for six. Your threes are 0 for 10. Shouldn't you have had a better plan at some point? Bogdanovich last night, 0 for 10 from three. At what point? Don't, don't you think that, because it was three for six from two. At some point, Bogey and everybody else, you're 0 for six from three. Isn't it time to come up with a different strategy about what to do on offense? You're, you are two for 20 from three. At some point, isn't there like a different strategy to come up with? Get trade to the basket, go down low, something, anything, draw a foul, something, anything. But this team just, they kept hawking it up last night. And they lost, and they missed 33 pointers last night. Almost 45% of their shots last night were from three pointer. For the team that shoots like the second fewest threes, they were hucking it up at 36. It was crazy. And, and bogey 0 for 10 from three. Find another way to score. Their lowest offensive output, and that game 
they got it close. They had the big run and they got it to one. You know, they lost they lost all four quarters, by the way, scoring wise. But they got it to one, and then they start missing threes after, and it's just it's six, it's eight, it's 10, 12, 20, 22, and the lead just kept building and building and building. They've got to get some things figured out because I don't think they're going to win tomorrow night in Brooklyn because I think they're going to, you know, the, the Nets are red hot. They've won five of six. They're going to get Ben Simmons back tomorrow. They're playing well. They're at home. Hawks are kind of reeling. And by the way, when we regroup here on Monday, you know the Hawks will be a third of the way through their season. So you're going to have a third of the year knocked out. Pretty good chance that you're going to be 500. You know, I, I don't think you're going to beat the, the Nets tomorrow night. I guess stranger things have happened. But I don't think they're beating the Nets tomorrow night. So you're going to come back home for Sunday's game against the Bulls and be 13 and 13, and you're just kind of floundering. Thankfully, you know, and I know everybody's going, well, they're fourth in the East and all that. Okay, there's a lot of fool's gold in that. You're 500. You've not played very well. But this team's got to figure some things out. And Trey last night, 9 for 20 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3. They got to figure out some things offensively. And I know that they're beat up and banged up. I get and understand all that. Trust me. I watched the whole damn game last night. I get it. But that was just pathetic. And at some point, the, shouldn't there be like a light that kicks on and says, you know, I'm 0 for 6 from the from 3. Maybe it's time to stop shooting some threes and let me get in a rhythm some other way on offense. Nope. Just keep firing away. Keep hucking it up there. I just keep chucking it up at the basket. So now you got Brooklyn. Then you're going to come home and take on the Bulls. And again, you know, a third of, you'll be a third of the way through the season when we get to Monday. And, and they're going to be just kind of floundering with their record and stuff like that. I'm telling you, and I, and I think I said this on the podcast the other day, but you get to the halfway point, and, and that'll be sometime early into 2023, about mid-January or so you'll be at the halfway point of the season. If they're kind of just floundering around and, and maybe that they'll get lucky enough that the Eastern Conference won't have separated itself, right? All these just teams will just be kind of fluttering around through the middle. You know, they might be lucky to be four or five, whatever like that, even though they're 500 or a game above or, you know, a few games below. But I will tell you, if they're a few games below 500 and they're halfway through the season, I don't think Tony Wrestler is going to sit back and just say, all right, guys, we'll just figure it out. Just keep going. You don't think Tony Wrestler right now isn't pulling his hair out? Tony Wrestler's got a decent amount of hair, by the way. If you've ever seen Tony, he's got a decent amount of hair. I think he's pulling it all out. I know his hair is gray. I know that for sure. With all this off-court drama, with all this craziness become, between my superstar and my coach, with the way we're not playing well, and now what did we say before about going into the season? What are the Hawks going to – what's the number one things that the Hawks have to be? Healthy. Well, Bogey's played three games this year. Collins is going to be out for a while. Hunter's going to be out for a while. And that's the thing. When the Hawks tell you that somebody's going to be out for a week, that means two months. In, in Hawks code, that means that they are going to be out for two months. So that was a frustrating loss last night. Too much craziness going on in that game. Their star player is not playing well right now. He's not shooting it well. 
too much drama off the court. They got to figure out the basketball end of this pretty quickly because they're about to, they're not far away. They're about to be back below 500, just kind of floundering around in the Eastern Conference. Right, I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. Listen, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. So listen, they make it super easy, right? You want to get in on, you want to get in on, you know, uh, college football, bowl games, NFL, NBA, whatever you want to get in, NHL, whatever it is you want to get in, mixed up in college basketball, everything is available right at your fingertips. So it's really simple. Take the mobile device. Head to betonline.net, check out all of the news and information they have to make you a smarter sports wager, and then get in on the action. Whatever sport that you're into, whatever you want to do, check out what they've got going at betonline.net. They can't make it easier with the mobile device. Betonline.net is where the action starts. So in the Falcons, the least surprising move of the year. Jalen Mayfield, their left guard third-round pick, second-year player who started 17 games last year for them, was not activated off of IR, and his 21-day window came and went, and now he's on IR for the rest of the year, okay? A bunch of things about this. We told you that this was going to happen, right? I told you weeks and months ago that I never thought he'd see the active roster this year. What does that say, though, that your third round draft pick who's in his second year is not even going to spend a minute on the active roster this year well he's hurt okay you could have taken every bone out of his back and replaced it with dinosaur bones and he'd be healed and healthier than the amount of time that he's missed you literally could put in terminator you could put adamantium into jalen mayfield and he'd have been fine and fixed and healed by now I mean, this is more than just injury, folks. And, and at some point, we're going to have to look at the, the, that draft, you know, from, from their first year. When your general manager in his first year of drafting is already missing on third-round picks, this is why your roster gets to be the way it is. Miss me with all the money. That means that it's even more important that you get these draft picks right. When you don't have money, when you're in cap purgatory, you have to get cheap labor that's productive for you. You can't afford to swing and miss on your first, second, third round picks. You'll swing and miss on your sixth and sevenths. I get all that. But you can't swing and miss one or two years in on your first, second, third round types of picks. And I hate to say, but there, there's... There's getting, I, I, I have my concerns about where we're at with the direction of this franchise as far as our drafting strategy, guys that we're picking, why we're picking guys, addressing what we need. I keep hearing this best available player and all that stuff, but we're not getting the best available players. I'm watching guys all over the league. It, is, is Kyle Pitts the best available when I'm watching Micah Parsons destroy the NFL? I mean, destroy the NFL. They're the best defense in the NFL. They're the best sack team in the NFL. Why do you think that is? You think that's because Dan Quinn is such a great coach? Because he's just a defensive mind, huh? The guy when the Legion of Boom was being built was down in Gainesville, Florida. That guy. 
the guy who couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag in this organization. That should tell you how good Micah Parsons is, the fact that he's going to get Dan Quinn another job in the NFL. And they're the ultimate game-wrecking defense because of that one guy, a guy we could have had. So this was not surprising at all. You know, it, it's Mayfield was always going to be a project. So many people sold me on last year when I kept saying, this dude's the worst offensive lineman in the NFL. Well, no, you got to give him time. He's out of position. He's a project or this, or that. The kid started 13 games in college, and they took him with a third-round pick. 13 games in college as a right tackle. So you take a guy who barely started in college and put him in a position that he hadn't played in college, start him the entire year. Because this is the other funny part. Well, you know, everybody knew Mayfield was bad. Well, if you knew he was bad, why did he start 17 games last year? What, did the league force you to play him 17 games? You could have gotten any ham and egg or jabroni off the street and, and plugged him in and gotten better results for it last year. Did you really need 17 games to figure out that this was not working? I knew it after three games that this was not working. Actually, after week one, it was a disaster for Mayfield. So not surprising, but again, this is not a place where we can afford to swing and miss on these kinds of picks. This is not a situation where we can afford to have our general manager just swing and miss on all of this stuff. And that's what makes it frustrating is you've got a first, second-year general manager, and we're already seeing guys that can't make the roster. We're already seeing our third-round pick. This, I hope this does not turn into what Dimitrov and, and Dan Quinn had in their final year. Because, again, all these just vagabonds that this roster had. When you're 80 million or 70 million or whatever in dead cap money, you can't miss on third rounders. You can't have those guys just not be active on your roster. That's how you still have to build. We're not a Super Bowl team like the Rams. The Rams went to the Super Bowl. They can save those draft picks. We can't. You have to have cheap labor that overperforms in the NFL. And that's my concern is just where we're at with all. And we're going to talk about the offensive line here in a few minutes. And there's been a lot of good things about the offensive line. It's actually pretty wild how good they've been. But instead of a third-round project or whatever that you played out of position, we couldn't have gotten another defensive lineman or a corner or something that would help this football team. And Jalen Mayfield is what he is. We'll see if he's back with the team next year. I, I told you weeks and months ago on this podcast, I think Jalen Mayfield will get one last chance to start for the Atlanta Falcons in training camp next year. And if he can't start, it'll be like Marlon Davidson. If he can't find a way to start, they'll use injury and put him out for a while, and then they'll just release him. They'll, they'll, they'll manipulate the injury report like I told you they would with Deion Jones, and they'll do the same thing. That way you can just stash and dash him until you're ready to trade him, release him, whatever. It'll be that same scenario. If he can't figure it out next year, he'll be gone. Those are things right now that you can't afford to have your general manager miss on, is third-round picks this early in their tenure. So a 
I wasn't surprised at all to see the move yesterday that he's just going to float in IR because that's the easiest thing to do. Then you don't have to answer questions about it, right? Then you also don't have to get in front of a of a podium on a Monday and say, hey, what's going on with Jalen Mayfield? Oh, no, he's still hurt. He's on IR. Y'all believe Jalen Mayfield is still hurt? He told you a couple of weeks ago, yeah, I'm back. Give me a couple of weeks and I'll be ready to play. That was his words. His words. Not the coach, not some, some lackey for the team. Jalen Mayfield said, I won't be ready to start when I come right off, but a couple of weeks I should be ready to go. We have another setback? Come on, folks. You know exactly that what the deal is on all this kind of stuff. And look, there are there are, there are questions about that draft now that are going to have to be answered. We'll probably get into it because there are some good pieces in that first draft, but there are some pieces that are starting to just be like, I don't know about all this kind of stuff. Want to remind you, make uh, Locked On Sports today your second listen. Check out Locked On Sports today, the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. They're available on Odyssey, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you check out Locked On Sports today. I want to talk about my friends over at Built Bar. Listen, Built.com is the place to go, right? We talk all the time. We've talked to you about the protein-infused marshmallow puffs, right? You're looking for that high-protein, low-calorie, low-sugar, low-carb. You want those good snacks, but you don't want all the Michigas that goes around in them. Head to Built.com today. Check out their wide menu of all their different products. Look, they're always coming up with a new flavor of the month, so they've always got something new for you to try over there. But they've got all of the protein snacks that you're looking for. Again, try the protein-infused marshmallow puffs. So many good things. When you head to Built.com and you get your order together, here's what I want you to do. Put that order together, and when you get to checkout, I want you to use the promo code LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, the number one, the number five. Use LOCKEDON15 and save yourself 15% off your order simply by using the promo code LOCKEDON15. Head to Built.com today. Check out their products. Save yourself some money. I promise you, you're going to enjoy what they have. So I saw Pro Football Focus put out their offensive line rankings for the week. And I thought it was interesting because don't know if I'd have ever thought I, I would have seen this. But the Eagles came in at number one. No real surprise. Ravens are at number two. Packers are at number three. Chiefs are at number four. And moving up three spots was the Atlanta Falcons. Here's what they wrote, a couple of bullet points. No member of the line allowed more than two pressures against the Steelers in week 13. The Falcons remain the most run-heavy team in the NFL, utilizing the ground game 51.9% of the time, the only team to call a run on more than half their snaps. And it just, it got me kind of thinking about a few things, okay? Let's go position by position by position, right? Jake Matthews has been solid, not outstanding, not great. But I think you're going to have to start figuring out what the long-term plan of Jake is. Is that at left tackle or is that at right tackle? <clears throat> so this goes back to what I was just talking about. If you drafted Panay Sewell two years ago instead of Pitts, if you drafted Panay Sewell, you could have played Panay Sewell for a year or two at right tackle and then just flipped him and Jake. Because Jake's still valuable. 
And, and, and Jake's going to be around the NFL for a long time. But you'd have had more of your offensive line figured out if you'd made that draft pick. See, this is the domino effect of all of these things, right? So Sewell could have played right tackle for a couple of years. Jake had left. Then you flipped them. Now I've got my left tackle locked up, and, and he's going to be here for a long time. Right tackle's figured up. That's good. And I've got my right guard figured out. Now, left guard, they're going to have to dip back into the pool now with the Jalen Mayfield. Because the chance, let me put it this way. I have as much chance of starting for the Falcons at left guard next year as Jalen Mayfield does. Okay? So you can forget that plan. They're going to have to invest and dip their toe back into the offensive line. Well, now with where they're at, what are you going to do about right tackle? Are you going to overspend for a free agent offensive lineman? Which, if you're not a great team, it doesn't make sense to do that, to overspend for a veteran. You could do that when you were the Falcons in 16 and you knew that I'm watching James Stone and Mike Person bounce the ball off the turf, like Drew Dahlman, bounce the ball off the turf to my quarterback. My quarterback literally has to have an infielder's glove and act like he's Ozzie Smith and field bouncers off the turf. They were so bad at center with James Stone and Mike Person in 15 that you looked and said, we need somebody competent. And they went out and got Alex Mack. And, oh, yeah, they were in the Super Bowl in 16, and their offensive line was terrific. And their offensive line was so good because of Alex Mack and Jake Matthews that they could play Chris Chester at left guard. They could play a vagabond of the NFL. Because what have I told you before? You can play one bad offensive lineman. You can't play two bad offensive linemen. And especially if they stand side by side to one another. Well, now you're either going to have to fit. And listen, I know what I'm about to say is crazy talk, right? So if you're not sitting down, go ahead and sit yourself down. I think there's a definite chance that they sign Caleb McGarry back. I think that Caleb McGarry has played well enough. He still has his issues, okay? Speed guys, guys coming off the edge. He still has difficulty in pass blocking and picking guys up. No doubt about it. But he's been an outstanding run blocker for this team. He's been very, very good at run blocking this year for them. And with him and Lindstrom on the right-hand side, there's no question their best offensive play is to run behind those two guys and let's go. That's why that play down in the you know goal line against Washington was so frustrating because that was not your best play. Your best play was run behind those two guys and punch it in there. So now you're going to have to figure out right tackle. Your center position, I'm not sold on Dolman. I wasn't sold on Hennessy. Dolman has been dreadful in pass blocking. He's been pretty good in run blocking, dreadful in pass blocking, and his snapping of the football is like this. And what did I tell you about Hennessy and Dolman? Get the Spider-Man meme. It's the same guy. Spitterman, Spitterman. It's all the same guy at center. So you're going to have to figure out that out. So we talk about this domino effect of, you know, when you don't draft this guy or invest in this and, and you go tight end or wide receiver and you don't fix what ails you, then you start to get in trouble. Because now you got to figure out left guard. Now you got to figure out right tackle. Now you got to probably reevaluate center. Now you're right back in that same boat. 
where you didn't you didn't really answer. I knew Lindstrom was outstanding. Got that. And maybe we're going to have to sign for a year or two the guy who's playing right tackle right now. Maybe Wilkinson can hold up for. But again, I can't afford to have an offensive lineman that I pay that's only going to be able to start six or seven games for me. You don't want to have to start anybody else on your offensive line. You want five horses up front that play every game and all your snaps. Yeah, you may have a guy miss a game here or there, whatever like that, but those five guys have to stay together. That's the most tight-knit group on your football team. And you can't afford to pay a guy who's only going to play six or seven games and, and try to stretch him out and hope for the best. So, look, it's outstanding that this offensive line – and look, you can if you don't like pro football folks, I get all that. I understand that. But find me a better metric. Leave me a comment about a website I can go to that helps break it down. Because the same grades that they use for the Falcons, they use for every offensive line in the NFL, for every player in the NFL. They don't give the Falcons a different set of statistics and circumstances. They evaluate everybody on the same level. So if you're good, you're good. If you're bad, you're bad. So I'm open to if you got a better metric. But the fact that they come in as a top five offensive line says a lot about how well they've been coached, their scheme, some of the players that they have. But this is going to be another fascinating thing. You know, we talk about all this money that they're going to have and this, that, and the other. Okay. You know, you can invest in other pieces if you draft correctly. You know, if, if you solve things through your draft, your offensive line, a right tackle, an interior defensive line, a defensive end, a safety, a corner, this and that. Because those, you know, defensive offensive line is more important to solve than tight end and wide receiver when you're not a very good football team. And that's where this is all at. That's where this is all going. So I give the Falcons a ton of credit. Their offensive line has been terrific this year for what they want to do and what their scheme is. They've been terrific. But if you look at the personnel, there is a lot of work ahead of them to try to figure out what the solutions are going to be for the long term in this thing. All right, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Check them out. They're available on Odyssey, YouTube, all of your favorite podcast platforms. We're asking you to head over to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Land in the search browser. Hit that subscribe button when you get there. Leave us a comment. Free and available to download on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. We also ask you to check us out on Roku and Amazon Fire. If you can believe it, yes, we are available there as well. And then follow me on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. We'll wrap up the week tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 